You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on with our exclusive third watch coverage. As we now move in to a very memorable, amazing, fantastic episode. It is the 17th episode of season three. It's called Falling. First aired on the 8th of April 2002. It was written by Janine Sherman Barrios and directed by Jesus Salvador Trevino. Uh, such an incredible episode. I'm so looking forward to talking about this one. My name is Ben, and what's wrong with you? Are you not getting enough at home or something? <laughs> My name is Darvell, and that's your mean old Uncle Ty. He got shot in this Mr. Wiggles. <laughs> Poor old uh, Ty and his goods getting talked about recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this is a great episode. We talked a, l- a bit about this at the end of last week. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is such an amazing... Amazing episode. I feel this is a potential candidate for a top 10 episode at the end of Third Watch, uh, at least top 20. But, um, yeah, such a good episode. I mean, this is this is a Jason Wiles powerhouse episode, I feel. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to get into All this right. straight away <clears throat> and talk about it. If I just make sure that I'm doing the thing correctly there by jotting that down, just ignore me. All right. So um, we kind of get a great start here. Uh, some slow motion shots. Bosco sort of looking out the window and kind of flashbacks to, to the plane flying over and getting shot and kind of Shaquana. There's all these kind of like flashback things that are sort of happening across this, uh, which, you know, are really great. Um, and then we kind of cut to him in the car and who's he riding with? Sully! Our first time we ever get a bit of Bosco and Sully action. So, um, <laughs> here we go. And look, again, I'm probably going to get corrected on this, um, but. Does he not ride with him again till season six, or does he ride with him in season four? Uh, I th- I don't think he rides with him again until season six. Definitely does in season six. Um, but uh, look again, Orkides, Barb, by all means, correct me. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty certain that this is the only time we see them ride until season six, which I will say, as much as I shit on season six, I kind of don't mind the Bosco Sully bits when they're riding with each other. There's, there's a few nice moments with them. There's a, there's one scene in particular, which I always remember in season six with these two talking, which I think kind of would be a candidate for a top five in season six, because let's be honest, there's not really going to be a whole lot of candidates for our top fives in season six. Um, I say that now, it's probably going to be 30 or something like that. The vampire scene has to be in it. Um, but yeah, I I kind of, I like Sully and Bosco because they're just the polar opposites, aren't they? They're just the polar opposite cops. So could it be argued that him and Faith are in some ways too? Uh, I mean, sure. But I mean, I think kind of Faith is a little bit more prone to bending the rules, if you know what I mean. And whereas like, Sully, I mean, Sully does, I'm not saying he doesn't, but like, you know, we kind of just see that, you know, season one with the whole, uh, solving problems thing where the, you know, Sully kind of gets that domestic, uh, violence case and later on they come back and he's like, she's like killed him, you know, and he just has that line to Sully, like solving problems, problems. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations, Sullivan. Problem solved. I, I like this when they're driving around and Bosco's just like, I feel like I'm riding in a lawnmower. Um, and then, you know, obviously with Bosco, the line that said about, what's the matter? You're not getting in at home. And, you know, oh, my private life is, you know, completely out of, uh, you know, we're not talking about that today. Um, and we find out that Yokus is, is with Gusler. Uh, and then, you know, Sally's kind of like, oh, you know, your beef with uh, Yokus. Like, I have got no beef with Yokus. Why? Did she say anything? It's like, what is this, junior high? <laughs> Which, like, it's kind of interesting, though, because, like, why aren't they riding together? I guess kind of we had this settled, didn't we? I guess it's more a case of Yoka's riding with Gusler to kind of, like, make sure he's okay, probably. 
because um, yeah, because let's face it, she's the only one who's going to. No one else is going to even give him the time of day. Yeah, so I guess kind of it's more so because I mean, I mean, kind of her and Bosco have sort of sorted things out in a way. So you know, I guess that's kind of there. Uh, there's a silent alarm going off at a bank. Um, so they've kind of uh gonna gonna wait around there. Uh, well, they're going to go to the bank first of all. We get a scene here with Davis and Carlos. Uh, you know, poor old Carlos is sleeping and Davis is, like, trying to wake up uh, Carlos. And I just love the line when, like, Carlos wakes up and he's like, Kylie? And Davis is like, no, some other baby snuck into the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Davis is, like, Mr. Like Grumpy this episode, like, going off at Carlos. Like, you're going to call the adoption agency? Like, what's going on? Uh, I kind of say Davis grown a bit of hair here right now. Like, he's, you know, gone as the bald Kobe Bell, when he's kind of growing back, like, kind of season one, Davis with his hair. Um, but this is where, yeah, like, Carlos has uh, Kylie and has that line, of course, you know, oh, we got Davis, Uncle De- Ty got shot and he's Mr. Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> no, <is> man. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you got you got to chuckle at that line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Uh, I, I, I kind of actually like this sort of, like, I know I kind of had some indifferences about it last week, but I will say I kind of like this episode, this kind of, like, two dads raising this baby dynamic. It's kind of funny uh, with Davis and Carlos, kind of just their back and forth. Even though Davis just is kind of the grumpy man, but he's still kind of just the way he does it kind of works. Um, yeah. We've got Gusler testing uh, Yokus with a sergeant questions. Um, and uh, I kind of like, you know, Gusler, like, you know, questioning the question. And, you know, Yoke is just like, was I right or was I wrong? What was the question again? Uh, poor old Gusler. I like Gusler. He's, I mean, last... he's, he's, still kind of, he's still kind of spacing out a little bit. His last ever episode. Oh, we're not going to see him again after this episode, folks. Uh, so we're at the bank. Um, now, is this... I'd like to know, I think, kind of book note, bookmark this scene. Because I'm pretty sure this might be the same bank used in Ladies' Day. So, uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And obviously, kind of the area that they film, they obviously probably have to, like, you know, recycle some sets for those eagle-eyed observers. Um, but I'm pretty certain this is the same bank we will get next season for Ladies' Day. So, uh, uh, just, just stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned when we watch it. Uh, but so, uh, they're obviously waiting outside the bank and kind of, you know, we had a mention before that, oh, the silent alarm always goes off at that bank, you know, it's probably a false alarm, but a woman comes out, and, no, it's not a false alarm, there's a guy, a bald white guy with a gun, so they're just going to wait there. Meanwhile, Bosco's kind of just, uh, waiting and he's distracted again, and before you know it, uh, the, the robber comes running out, sort of runs past Bosco, Sal- Bosco's distracted and, you know, Sally's yelling at him, Bosco, Bosco, but then, um, you know... He he kind of wakes up and gets undistracted and starts chasing after this guy. Sally's trying to get him to get in the car, but Bosco ignores him. Um, so eventually Bosco corners this guy, uh, pulls a gun out. Don't do anything stupid, jag off. Put the gun down, throws the gun. Like, hey, throw the bag. So he throws the bag at Bosco and the ink guy goes off. Boom. Um, poor old Bosco grabs his chest, falls to the ground. This douche robber guy kind of just pushes Bosco over, grabs his gun and does a runner. Meanwhile, uh, you know, gets sort of, falls on Yokus's car, tries to like, Gusler tries to get him, but poor old uh, Gusler gets shoved out of the way by this guy because he's just a big burly guy running off. Um, 
And then we just get this intense scene of, like, Bosco on the ground just kind of, like, panicking and gasping for air and, you know, sort of crying and everything along the way, too. And just, uh, yeah, the way Yokus is kind of checking to see if he's been shot. And Sully's like, no, it's just a die bag. It's fine. But Jason Wiles, holy crap, he can act. Like, just the way he's kind of owning this scene here. And just, this is kind of, again, where, to me, like, I don't say it's hard to watch, but it's just like, if anyone's a huge fan of Bosco, to kind of see him break down like this, like, yeah, we got to see him break down at the end of the long guns, which was tough, but just kind of seeing him in this scene, kind of just like panicking and gasping for air and, you know, what we'll get at the end of the episode. I mean, this this whole stuff is so powerful. Oh, man. I've always had a, I've always had a weird fascination with, a weird fascination with die packs. For some reason, because <laughs> it's like you want them to explode in your face, Darvill. <laughs> no, I don't want them to explode in my face. I've always been, I've always just been curious as to exactly how they work, though. Just a, just a weird little curiosity up here. Yeah, I've, yeah, I. It's kind of interesting because I don't know if I've ever kind of seen them on like money, but there were certain like clothes I remember you would get at stores that they would have it on there. So like, if you stole them, like the the ink pad would blow up. So it would destroy the clothing. Like, I guess it's an anti-theft device. But at the same time, like, is this a dye that they can wash off the money? So they, like... Cause, I don't I mean, your, think so. Your money's paper. So, like, it's... Like, our money in Australia is, like, it's plastic. So, like, it's it's coated in, like, a... Pl- I know yours is kind of different now, but it's mainly paper. So, like, I... I'd, I'd have to imagine it has to be some form of washable dye. Otherwise, that's a waste of, like, what is it? Like, $60,000 or whatever he recovers. So... Yeah, I think I have heard that that it is permanent. I wouldn't know. Next time I'm next time I visit my bank, I might have to ask one of the tellers who I know pretty well. <laughs> Hi there. Um, look, I just want to ask you a question. So that dye on the money is that get washed out? Because uh, I'm planning to rob you guys, and I just want to make sure that I can wash it off later. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never do that. I think that would be a funny way would, of doing it. I'll I'll just research uh, for a podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like yeah, it's a good question though because like it's it's a very interesting anti theft device, I guess. That you've got dye exploding because if it's not washable, they've just wasted sixty grand there, haven't they? So um, yeah, I guess they've got to do it somehow. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so meanwhile, like somehow the time has shifted forward because from. Bosco having a panic attack here. We kind of cut to Doc and Carlos in the ambulance, and it's nighttime all of a sudden. Like, again, I know they work, like, the 3 to 11 shift here, but, um, you know, there's nothing else has happened between this night. Uh, I love kind of Carlos here. Like, oh, it hasn't been that bad. I expected worse. Um, you know, and then kind of like, Doc's like, well, you're not thinking about keeping the baby. And Carlos is like, no, 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 no. Um, back in the hospital, Bosco's being checked over, and he's like, well, if that wasn't a heart attack, I'd hate to know what one is. Uh, we kind of get the doc here telling him about how, um, it's a panic attack. I do love the fact that just like, let's kind of look here on third watch the fact that we've got like an ever growing, you know, uh, interchangeable thing of, uh, doctors here. Like Dr. Thomas is here, you know, Dr. Fields, uh, like so many doctors going around here at the moment, uh, on third watch. It's kind of, he's turning into ER almost in many ways. Um... So, obviously, you know, this doctor's trying to keep him in and warn him about, you know, see a counsellor. I love Bosco's like, oh, not you too. Uh, and he's just like, you know, 
Um, I, I can see it. I'll just stay clear of exploding bears next time. Obviously, the doctor knows it's a bit more, but Bosco's going to, like, brush this off. Yeah. Um, we kind of get a nice random scene of, um, Doc and Carlos bringing in two furries, people dressed in mascots who have obviously been, like, I don't know, had some problem having sex. Because Carlos is like, is sex better with the costumes? And I love Proctor. Please tell me that they're just mascots. <laughs> and it's just, like, all laughing. I love the fact that there's a random furry storyline in Third Watch. Um, it's just blinking to miss it. Um, but then they obviously ask you, like, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, Bosco might have had a heart attack. And then out comes Bosco. Yeah, oh, food poisoning. Bad piece of fish I had for lunch. And like, Yoko's like, does that sound right to you, Doc? Oh, maybe. Um, but then Food poisoning doesn't make somebody act like that. But then I love kind of like how he, you know, walks off and Yoke's is like, oh, you know, Sully, maybe I'll take him back. And then, you know, she, he just turns around and says, lighten up, mummy, I'll ride with Sal. And then Sully, like, how do you put up with that? It's an acquired taste. Uh, <laughs> and poor old Bosco in the bathroom just trying to capture himself, I guess. Yeah, um, keep himself under control. Now, there's a bit of a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, um, oh, I can't remember, the, I've gone blank on the word, but we, we get Fred and Yoke's here. Um, bit of, um, forward thinking, bit of, uh, you know, just a, I remember this moment here because, but Jokas comes home, he's talking to Fred and kind of like, oh, you know, we thought, uh, Bosco might've had a heart attack and, you know, Fred's like, oh, isn't he a bit young for a heart attack? And it's like, oh yeah, but you know, you never know. Oh, maybe you should get a, a physical, uh, foreshadowing. That's what I'm thinking of. Maybe you should get a physical yep. Fred. It's like, oh no, I don't need to. Oh no, I think you really should make an appointment. So just remember this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Remember what uh, she says that here scene. about Fred getting a checkup because of a heart attack. Just, just remember that. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, um, so we we kind of uh, get this nice little scene between these two. Like, oh, did you get any study done? Oh, some, and we've learned that Emily got a B on a test, and Charlie wants to try out for the Sound of Music, and apparently this is hilarious. So you know, Yoko's like, poor old Charlie wants to be in the Sound of Music. He's allowed to be. Like, don't laugh at Charlie. Uh, <laughs> I love the sound of music. Never seen it. <laughs> what? Whoa, Jesus. <laughs> Angry Darvel. <laughs> what? That's a cla- <laughs> That's a classic, man. I've never seen Grease either. So there you go. <laughs> I'm oh, not I'm a not musicals person. I like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's about that. It isn't it. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Uh, I like the uh, musical episode of Buffy. That's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, you know, Fred's obviously talking about, like, oh, when you ace this test and we can get a house out, you know, there and, you know, I can look at some business management courses and, you know, just kind of like, no pressure here then, uh, Fred on Yokus. Like, no, no pressure at all. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do kind of like how Yokus is like, oh, I need to get out of these clothes. And Fred's like, well, that's the idea. Um... <laughs> We got Bosco just kind of watching the news on the robbery uh, that night, um, and then we got Carlos the next day at the adoption agency. He wants an open adoption, and then you know uh, the, this lady's sort of mentioning about, oh, how did you feel about this couple? Eh, you know, I kind of got a vibe, so you know, I don't really, you know, want it to go to them. Um, yeah, bad vibe. Bad vibe. Um, so yeah, there's kind of that. Um, meanwhile, the next morning, this is our last ever Gusler scene, uh, uh, Darvel, I'm, I'm sad about this. Um, so we've got the next morning, like the, our, you know, morning briefing in the precinct and, uh, here's the drawing of the, uh, the perp 
the the bank robbery suspect and like you draw this that's really good like Gusler's drawn the victim and he has a little bit of a smirk on his face he's proud of himself oh Gusler I know this isn't the last scene we see him in sorry we do see him in another scene I'm getting ahead of myself um and then obviously but we find out about Bosco got the money uh, they've made a donation to the um, the the police and wife's fund or whatever it is. And I kind of like Dick Swirsky. Oh, and also they've made a donation for Bosco's new pacemaker. It was food poison, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh. I love Swirsky. Joe Lisi, you're awesome. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then he's like, oh, good luck to anybody on the, uh, the sergeant test tomorrow. Doesn't actually say his famous line of uh, eyes and ears open out there. Um, nope. Which is interesting. So then we get Bosco and Sully. Um, they're they're out and about. Um, going to look. You know, Bosco's like, "Oh, where are we looking for this guy?" And it's like, "Oh, we're not looking for this guy. Calm down." And then they pull up, and Sully's like, "Oh, we're on special duty. What are you talking about?" Crossing guard. Crossing guard. Which is this a thing? Like, did they put the NYPD? I thought this was a separate job. Uh, <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, but I kind of, I just love... Any them. NYPD people listening, can you let us know? Um, I, I love what is, you know, whistle and wave and just, you know, like, I love Bosco. Oh, what, we're going to help Rugrats across the street? Not us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we get Gusler and Yokus, uh... Uh, this is kind of that scene I was mentioning last episode about, you know, Gusler says, like, what would you do if you thought an officer was unfit for duty? Uh, and then kind of, you know, Yoga says, like, oh, I'd call the duty captain. And uh, then kind of Gusler has that little line of, what makes you think somebody would be unfit? So kind of it's just like a nice little line. And I'm pretty sure, is this our last Gusler scene? I think this is our last Gusler scene. Yes. So, look, I just want to take this moment. Like, I know Gusler hasn't died, but I think we've kind of done this with a few other characters. I think we did it with, like, Morales and a few others that have left. We didn't do it with Dana, because fuck Dana. Um, but when it comes to Gusler, like, he's been in, what, I think, like, about eight episodes, ten episodes, how many episodes it's been. Uh, and I guess, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't, you know, you, you're not really going to look back in season six and be like, oh, Gusler, what a character. But I kind of think he had his moments. Like, obviously, you know, it's kind of implied that he's accidentally killed someone in, in friendly fire. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he has enough memory, memorable episodes that I think kind of you, you do sort of remember him. And just, just the acting uh, throughout it by Charlie McWade is fantastic, particularly when poor old Gus is, like, pissing himself and everything like that. So, do you, just I guess, I don't say eulogise Gusler because he's not dead, but, I mean, he's leaving the show enough that I think we can kind of just have a brief little kind of wrap-up of the character. Reflection. Reflection, thank you, yeah. I mean, what what do you want to say on Gusler? Like, what, what are your thoughts on the guy? Man. I do kind of wish they had developed him more instead of, you know, just making him look like the nervous wreck all the time. Hmm. Do you think they should have done more, or...? Yeah, I, w- I would have liked to have seen... I would have liked to have seen more of him. You know, maybe he doesn't make it as a beat cop, but maybe he maybe he becomes their resident sketch artist or something. Well, I mean, is that a thing? Like, can you do that? In the- I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I... I yeah, look, I, I think he's just memorable... Uh, enough that, you know, I think kind of, he's just, he's an interesting character, and it's kind of, it's it's good to kind of have this naive cop, and again, like I've always said, like, that's me as a cop, like, I'm gusting, yeah. I'm pissing myself, I'm doing this uh, sort of stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, my favorite, and I think I told you this, um, 
probably my favorite scene of him, and I don't know why it's my favorite scene. But out of all his scenes, I think my favorite scene of him is from childhood memories when when he's being flirted with by that. <laughs> yeah, by, he's just by a the babe. Leave him alone. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I find that. I don't know why I find that so funny. It's just. Oh, it's a funny scene. It's like a passing little moment, but um, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a fun scene. But bye, Gusler. Thanks for bringing us some stuff on this show. Um, but yeah, that's it. Poor Gusler. No more but Gusler for us anymore. Um, no. Nope. Bosco the Crossing Cards hilarious. I remember um back in the day <laughs> when I was uh on Live Journal and I was part of the Third Watch group. People used to share like um little gifts and avatar things that you used to use back in the day. And there was just this one of Bosco in his Crossing Guard uniform. <laughs> um, and I I, just, I love these like kids who are walking around. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to be a policeman someday. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and then the other one. I didn't know men do this. It's like blows his says, Sally, I'm done. It's your turn. <laughs> um, but, but then, like, you can kind of see Sully almost as a crossing guard. Um, but then we get the, uh, the call on the radio that there's a possible bank robbery suspect. Oh, we're taking this. Um, and then Bosco kind of takes over. Get the damn car. And um, basically starts driving, even though Sally's trying to warn him off. And poor old Bosco has his flashbacks again and can't drive the car properly. So, you know, Sally's grabbing the wheel and yelling at him to hit the brakes. Uh, and then I think, again, just the Jason Wiles powerhouse of acting here, you know, they kind of pull over and then Sally jumps on the radio and he's just like, no, no, so Sally, don't, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, please, just don't, I'm okay. And then kind of the way he turns around, like, no, you're not okay, Bosco. Um yeah, just so powerful here, the way that kind of Jason Wiles does this acting. Like, wow, holy crap. I just, I love this man. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they based, his, I wonder if they based uh, Bosco's uh, demeanor here off of actual NYPD officers. Because, I mean, no doubt at this time, they were having, they were still having difficulties. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there would be with. some elements of it. I mean, like again, you know, there's advisors on the show, and of course, by all means, you know, they would, they would do. I mean, they do ride-alongs. I know, kind of, Jason Wiles talked about that in, uh, you know, that interview that he does on the DVD for the first season. So, you know, there's ride-alongs and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there would be, you know, elements like you'd have these, um, you know, the the advisors. Like, I mean, obviously, Ed Alan Bonero was a cop, so I'm sure he's probably going to like be able to talk a lot about this as well. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think there would be elements of kind of what they're doing with this. But they obviously, this leads us kind of into Bosco and therapy again, but this time around it's a bit different. We've got Brian O'Malley, played by Ted Levine. Now, I knew this guy looked familiar. He's kind of one of these guys who's just Ted in Levine. everything. But, uh, I mean, if you see his face, you kind of know who he is. But, I mean, being in a lot of movies, he's just kind of like looking through his roles here. There's nothing really, I think, that there's completely stands out. Like, if you watch Monk, he was Captain Leyland Stottlemyre in Monk. I never watched Monk, but he was in that for like 125 episodes, so I guess that's a pretty big deal for I him. watched it. I watched it once or twice, but um, I never really got into it. He was in the movie Wild Wild West. I mean, he was in Flubber. He was in Mad City. Um, he was in Bullet. I mean, lots of 90s movies here it looked like he was in. So he's in The Silence of the Lambs. Uh, you know, things like that. So he's, he's been in lots of things. Uh, like, and I've definitely seen his face before. But, um, yeah, he's good. I like this guy. So he's kind of like this sort of gruff, you know, tough as nails sort of psychologist, psychiatrist guy, former cop, I guess, who kind of, um, you know, there to, 
there to help out, um, you know, Bosco. Bosco looking cool in his leather jacket and his houseboat or something like that. Um, I kind of like how he's just like, so what's wrong? And Bosco's like, oh, no, it's not affecting my job. Okay, bye. You're going to lie to me and waste our time. You can leave. So, you know, he kind of just gets to the crux of a few things here and obviously talks about, you know, like, oh, you're drinking, like, quit. You'll just end up in AA with another problem to solve. You know, tell me about the episodes, like, you know, close your eyes. And he's like, I don't want to. It's like, just close your eyes. So we kind of hear that obviously what's, you know, affecting him. He's talking about blood when he got shot in the, in the, uh, the door. Um, and then he took messages about Shaquana. Um, mm-hmm. and then he obviously says about Hobart. Uh, I love how he says always Ooh, move on to... it turns out O'Malley actually knew. Yeah, I love how he says always move on to Hobart. So I'm like, yeah, well, that's just a, a shit city. That's why he's saying that, Bosco. But yeah, no, he knows Glennie <laughs> Hobart. Uh, he's like, oh, you know what happened? Yeah, bang. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just a setup there. But then obviously what triggers him a bit, and this is going to be a big playoff at the end of this episode, it's like, oh, but, you know, was that all... All of these events sort of happened after September 11th. It's like, oh, you know... What what's that got to do with anything? It's like, oh, that's pretty much the biggest. And then, you know, the way Bosco's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm pretty much over that. And we kind of, you know... Liar. Learn a little bit here about kind of what Bosco was up to on that day. Um, you know, saying like, oh, I don't remember where I was. I don't remember which tower. You know, people say that they know, but you don't know. And then because he drops the whole PTSD thing and Bosco kind of shuts down. And then O'Malley's just basically like, okay, thank you for coming. It's like, that's it. It's like, I told you not to lie to me. Uh, and I kind of love Bosco when he says, I'm not coming back. And it's like, you're not invited. Um, so, <laughs> obviously, he kind of is, because we kind of will get that reference that he's kind of back there in, episode, in an episode's time. But, uh, yeah. You know, it's, again, just great, just subtle acting here by, you know, Jason Wiles. It's so good. And obviously, Ted Levine, he's good By both too. of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, back at uh, Davis's place, Taylor's randomly with Davis again. Did these two not sort of break up? But, okay. Um, but, uh, the, the baby's crying and then we find out, uh, that he's the, the babysitter or the nanny that Carlos said he's going to get. Um, this is Jenny. It's Josie. (laughs) Josie. Yeah. I love her just kind of walking around there, chewing gum with her headphones on. Um, what is she? 12 teenagers aren't nannies. And I kind of love Taylor holding, um, the baby and going, oh, the spawn of Carlos. Um, and then we see... Uh, Carlos showing up to the, the apartment and it's like, oh, you don't answer your cell. Oh, sorry, I've turned it off. It's like, you had six appointments today. Uh, you know, we find out Josie's 17 and this is kind of, I guess, Carlos, you know, uh, saying that he sort of has the right to do this about, you know, thinking of the kid. So maybe looking after it. So, um, Davis obviously goes yeah. off at him and says like, look, you know, um, I, I've sent Josie home. I'll watch her. You know, you're not even thinking about it. And Carl says that great line of, I am thinking about it all the time. So, um, the yeah. The way I mean, he delivers it. Yeah. It's just... it's, look, again, having said that sort of this whole storyline, exactly, I'm not the biggest fan of. But at the same time, like, it's still kind of great acting between the two. Like, yeah, Davis has kind of been a bit full on here. But I kind of think Carlos needs someone to be a bit full on with him here. So, you know, like... Like, you can understand, like, Carlos has a right to think about having this baby, but he's in no position to look after a child right now. No. Um, but again, like, as saying, having said that, he, he does have a right to at least think about it, you know, kind of gone through everything that he's, you know, gone through. So, um, I do like this line, though, when, like, uh, uh, Carlos goes to go up inside to check the baby, and there's old poor old Davis on his crutch. It's like, hey, don't even hold the door or anything. <laughs> um, so, kind of just you know random little comedy there. 
Um, yeah. Boss, anything to add on that before I move on? Um, no, but I will say that I'm looking, speaking of Davis and watching the bait and watching Kylie and everything, I am looking forward to the really dramatic scene involving the two of them that we'll get to in a little bit. Which... Really looking forward to discussing that. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so Bosco and Sally yep. in, in the car. Uh, you know, Bosco's uh, Sally's obviously asking how did it go. I like, didn't go. It's like he's my friend. I know you went. <laughs> it's like oh, it's just another quack. Uh, <laughs> and then Bosco's like, you know, sorry, sorry about yesterday. You know, this is what's bothering me. It's this creep getting away. It, it hurt me. You know, it's kind of you know, this is once we get this guy, it's it's going to be fixed. It. So they get the call on the radio a ten one and basically call the station. Uh, and that they've all got to kind of remain away from the area because it's this bank robbery suspect. Um, you know, uh, so Bosco basically hears it straight away. He runs around because only around the corner, it's a few blocks away. Um, and we kind of see this stakeout where they're all watching the the bank robbery suspect come out of the building. These plain clothes off, close clothes officers arrest him. And then I love Bosco coming around the corner, you know, Swirsky kind of going off him, like, what are you doing here? And it's like, oh, you got him. You're so lucky that they got you. And then, you know, this guy just being a dick, like, yeah, I had to yeah. real police officers. To which Bosco yeah. just punches this guy in front of everyone. I love it. Like, I know he's, like, broken, like, every rule here under the sun. But it's just so funny. And this guy, oh, police brutality, police brutality. Um, Don't you love it when they always cry that? I guess... Like, let's be honest, kind of has a point. <laughs> you know, this guy is in custody yeah. and he was just punched by an officer for no reason. I mean, I know he's been a dick. No I mean, reason. Come on. I mean, the, in my, I mean, I don't agree. I don't agree with it either. But in the, in my mind, I mean, what, what did he, what did he think would happen? Well, I mean, I'm assuming you know he's thinking he's in custody, so no one can hurt him. So that's why he says it. But, like, you know, Bosco's punched this guy in front of, like, the entire law enforcement of New York City, including his boss. Like, he gets very lucky to kind of get away with just a suspension and death duty. Um, yeah. But I, I do like this scene kind of when we're back at the precinct and you Swirsky in the closed door, like, what no, all the dumb things you've ever done, this. You know, you punch a prisoner, handcuffed him in front of the FBI. In front of the FBI! You know, it's, yeah. just, it's just so, yeah. you know, just the way he's kind of going on about it. Uh, Sully's kind of just watching yeah. through the window and Yokus obviously shows up and, you know, asking how he is and just Sully here, like, he's not right in the head face. Like, you know, he can forget about ESU. Like, he's just, you know, not going to do well here and... Obviously, yo, because he's just kind of like, well, you know, maybe I could talk to him. And it's like, no, you've got to go do your test. Like, you know, don't, like, don't take this on board. So, you know, kind of poor old yo, because yeah. distracted. Um, meanwhile, we've got Davis back with Kylie. She's still crying. And I kind of like Davis here. Like, you haven't lived until you've had some of these strained apricots. Uh, like, <laughs> the ducky likes it. Uncle Ty likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love the way he says that. Dave, uh, yeah. was great with this kid. Like he's so like just he a, really is. Like I mean, uh, we know he's a dad in real life, so you can just kind of see he'd be a cool dad to have Kobe Bell. Um, so Yokus, meanwhile, is at the exam. She kind of sits in and gets ready to do that. Uh, then we go back to Davis and Kylie. I kind of like the whole like, oh man, Carlos, what did you do? What did you do? Oh, and that's your pee seeping through your diaper. 
Um, so he goes to change her and then we see a rash. Oh no, she's got a rash. Calls Carlos. There's a nasty rash. Gets into a taxi. I kind of like Dave is here. I'm a cop. Run the light. Gets pulled over. Other cops randomly get out. He gets out. I'm a cop. You know, my kid's sick. Get me to the hospital. So this cop car rushing him to the hospital and all of a sudden she passes out. Uh, she's sleeping. Uh, Doc kind of watching on and Carlos giving medical advice, like tilt her head back, put her, put your mouth over her nose and lungs, she, uh, her mouth, you know, she's little, so only short breaths. I love Doc kind of like nodding, like, you know, agreeing here. Some tense music going on. Um, then she wakes up and kind of like, I love how Carlos is giving him like nice lines. Like, you can do this tie, you know, I know you can. Uh, and then she's awake. So there we go. But like, look, before you say anything, like, I'm not saying I don't like this scene. It's, it's very well acted. It's dramatic. It's tense. This is just kind of a bit, like, dramatic, oh, no, the baby's sick storyline. Like, oh, plot twist. Like, I think we've kind of got enough going on with this storyline about poor old Carlos, like, trying to juggle everything without her randomly getting sick. I don't know. Like, it just seems a little bit forced to me. I mean, it's acted well. It's great. But, yeah, like, I I just kind of think there's a bit of an issue with this storyline. Like, whenever there's a baby involved, we need kind of over-the-top drama just for the sake of it. So, that's maybe my problem with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's a very well-acted scene. Yeah, to me, I think this is where I think this is where it really it really hit him concerning it really hit Carlos concerning Kylie because I I mean I always said because I've seen that scene several times actually and you know just paying attention to you know his tone of voice as he is instructing Ty on what to do and everything and I think I may have said I think I may have talked about this with Brandy as well off air but um, I just remember thinking to myself that's not a paramedic on the other end of that phone that's a father well I mean it's yeah, I mean because just the just I mean because I mean because just the you know because until then you know he, he until then it just seemed like he didn't really how do I say it it didn't seem it didn't seem like he really he truly acknowledged acknowledged her as his daughter it took him almost losing her for it to for it to hit him i mean i can see what you're saying um i don't agree i think he saw her as his daughter the moment he saw her and that's kind of why we've had calm carlos and he's going through everything so I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying, but I don't. I personally don't agree. But that, that's I'm mean, right. not here to dis- We're not here to agree with everything. But um, you know, that's all right. Yep. I, I I see what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 tense, it's dramatic, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I I don't know. I just feel it feels a bit forced. But I don't want to take away from this because this is just a great episode that kind of has you know mm-hmm. a bit here and there with it. But um, yeah, I mean, she's fine. Um, we'll obviously kind of see. Uh, in the, in the hospital, I will say, good acting by the baby. I wonder if she was having an allergic reaction to the strained apricots. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Ty likes it. The ducky likes it. Kylie doesn't like it. Kylie's dying. Uh, <laughs> that's a bit mean. Wow. Wow, Ben. Wow. We're talking about dead babies now. Good job, Ben. Good job. Um, Yoke- we just lost about all of our listeners. Both of them left. Um, Yokus comes home, and oh, there's a surprise party. There's Emily and Charlie. We haven't seen them in a while. 
Um, this yep. is, I believe, the third last episode for PJ Morrison as Emily. Uh, I think she's in two more at least this season. And this is the first time we've seen her all season, is it not? I think so. Uh, it is. We haven't seen her since Zeus wept. So, um, yeah, first time we've seen her all season. We'll see her in the greater good. And um, we will see, well, uncredited in Unleashed. Um, so, hmm, okay, that's interesting. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a big PJ Morrison fan, um, <laughs> just get ready to say because Emily Yokus will be recast next season. Ho oh, ho, get excited. Bonnie Dennison's nearly here. Um, which again, I love Bonnie Dennison, but I don't get not annoyed with her in the next season. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Um, so they're throwing a surprise party. Sergeant Mummy on the cake. Oh, isn't it cute? Um, but then kind of... Yoke's she would have been a good sergeant. Well, Yoke is kind of like, oh, I don't know how I went, you know. Uh, maybe I didn't do as well as I can. And, like, this is back to bipolar Fred. Like, okay, like, like, okay, I can understand him kind of when he loses it at Bosco. But, like, why is he such a dick at the beginning? Like, be calming. Like, just because, you know, we've all been in tests and things that we're going to ace. But then kind of you get to it. And it's kind of like, oh, shit, this is harder than I thought. But as soon as he mentions, yep. you know, as soon as she mentions Bosco, go to your room, kids. We're not going to have cake? Oh, we'll have some cake in five minutes. Uh, you know, and obviously she's like, oh, maybe I just choked. Uh, and then, you know, Fred just kind of losing it here because he's like, you know, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's not your just career. It's, you know, it's a better life. The kids, a family, you know, oh, defend him as usual. I need to go walk, clear my head, stupid ideas of a house on the island out of my head. And, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, come on, Fred, like... Look, yeah, I've got to say, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit on Faith's side here. I kind of think it's like, look, you know, I get what Fred's going on about, but you don't need to react this way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think part of it was that he, I think he, I think part of him kind of knew from the get-go that it would probably be a bit unrealistic, but he had to make himself believe it. And therefore, yeah. when this came to fruition... It made him react all that more dramatically because, yeah, it's it's kind of it. I mean, it comes down to the fact that it's like, you know, we've all been in those situations where I guess we get our hopes up and think things are going to change, and then it maybe doesn't quite go the way we want it to. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of think, calm down, Fred here. But uh, so we get uh, where are we? Carlos and Davis. Uh, you know, if it's bacterial meningitis that she's had. Um, so, and kind of we get a nice little scene here with Carlos just, you know, talking about how, you know, I'm glad you were there for her, but, you know, like, you know, it's this story about how he broke his ankle when he was younger and there was nobody looking through the glass. And he doesn't want this happening to, to Kylie, obviously. You know, I'm not going to let that happen to her, Ty, having nobody there for her. So, it's a sweet little scene, but uh, obviously we kind of don't get any sort of resolve for this Kylie storyline, at least next episode. It's kind of two episodes away, really, isn't it? So, it's sort of, um, it we'll take a week off from the dramatic nature of the paramedic side of things because we want to focus more on the cops, I guess. Um, but then we get this last thing. So, like, just saying, from this moment that Bosco knocks on the door, final five, nominee, high chance that this will make it. I think, Absolutely. Like, look, let's... This, let's, has, this has to be in there. Right now, I'm going to say, because we can maybe take out September 10th, the f- closing moments, because you would probably say this scene cancels out the final moments, because this kind of summarises a lot of what's unseen. And I'm not trying to take away from those closing moments of September 10th because it's obviously, you know, very dramatic when we kind of get these reactions to 9-11. But I think this cancels it out. So right now, 
I, I, look, I'm going to say, I don't think there's anything really major in the last sort of like four or five. But there's a scene next episode, which I think is worthy, but I think this cancels out that scene. So, um, I think kind of we've got our five already locked in with like, what, five episodes, four, six episodes to go this season. Um, and, you know, I think we've got our Kim, Jimmy banging on the door scene. Uh, we've got Bosco uh, at the end of Long Guns. Uh, we've got uh, Doc and Jerry uh, by the river. Uh, we've got the closing of Superheroes Part 1, and we're going to have this scene right now. So I kind of think that's a pretty solid final five, if you ask me. Um, we're just we're not going to have any room for our fun, like, Carlos getting ready dancing scene and kind of, you know, Carlos falling down the pole. They're kind of honourable mentions. Because I think these five scenes already are just so damn powerful. They have to be in our top five. Yes. I should really go over this scene. You know, I'm selling it right now. I haven't even talked about it. So, um, you know, Bosco knocks on the door. Can we talk? And it's like, you know, how the test go? Oh, not really that good. Um, you know, we kind of find out that he's been suspended for a week, gets death duty, mandatory counselling. Poor Bosco, he's got to go to counselling again. Um, but just like, you know, this is kind of just this scene, like, holy crap, like, just remember this scene too when we get to season six and Bosco's asking Yokus to shoot for him. Like, there's a difference between the style of these scenes, like how much they change over three seasons. But this, this whole sort of sequence about how Bosco just kind of breaks down here because it's like, he just, it just comes out of the blue, the way he just kind of talks about, like, oh, then I went to the second tower and people started falling. It's like, well, what are you talking about? And then just, like, Bosco, like, you know, it's triggered him, kind of what O'Malley said to him about this. And he just tells this harrowing story about, like, 9-11 and the people falling from the building. There's nothing he could do, uh, you know. And then he was talking about the rumbling of the building. This, again, this is kind of one of these things you really do need to see to give it justice. You know, the building's falling down, so he ran, he ran, he ran, went into a building. And then just the way he kind of, like, he's giving this story about sitting on the street for what felt like hours and Yoko's like well no you weren't you were in there rescuing people and he's like well this was beforehand um and then just the way he says like I was afraid like as soon as Bosco says I was afraid you're like holy fuck Bosco was afraid um and then he just breaks down and he's just bawling his eyes out and Yoko's he's like you know it's okay it's okay and just like the fact that kind of Fred comes home and just I think the look on Fred's face summarizes what the audience is feeling it's like he's got this look of like holy crap, Bosco's crying. Like, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on the guy. Um, and this is just Jason Wiley. Again, can I just point this out? How the hell does he not get recognised with, like, an Emmy nomination or some sort of, you know, major acting nomination for this scene alone? Like, submit this to the, you know, the Emmys, and this is, you know, this is brilliant. And Jason Wiles just owns this scene. Like, oh, my God, this guy's an incredible actor. And like, I don't this- think he was acting. Oh, well, I mean, well, he has to be acting, Darvell. I mean, it's kind of, he's, he wasn't there on 9-11, so he's telling the story well, from Bosco's perspective. I know what you're saying, but, like, I mean, there's an I was going to say, you know what I mean. I don't... Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a method when it comes to actors when they get to an emotional level where they've got to cry. Uh, you know, like, read interviews, watch interviews in terms of kind of how they get to that moment. But I, I know what you're saying. But it's, it's kind of, I think it's just the, the fact that just everything about this scene is so good. This always kind of gets me a little bit emotional just because, again, it's like you love a character, you love a sort of a person on a TV show, and when they're that real, like, tough, hard-nut character, and then, like, you see them break down. It reminds me a lot of um, 24, where kind of going into the season three finale, we'd kind of had two big plot twists in season one, season two. You know, big cliffhangers that led into the next season. Season three kind of bucked that trend because all we got was Jack Bauer breaking down. He just sat in his car 
and he broke down. And, like, at the time, I hated that finale. I'm like, this is shit. Where's the cliffhanger? What's going on? But I think that is so important and powerful because it's like Jack Bauer's kind of had three seasons, which is only three days, of, like, the worst shit happened to this guy. Even when his wife is, like, dying in his arms, he's crying, but not to the sort of... The, you expect him to. Duh, his wife's dying in his arms. But this is just, like, everything finally got to Jack, so he just broke down. So that's why, like, the season three of yeah. 24 is just so powerful. And this is what this is like to me. It's just like, holy crap, this this character. It's like, you know, like, I'm thinking of, like, James Bond or something like that. I mean, I know James Bond kind of has been a bit teary since Daniel Craig's come along. That's another story. Uh, but, like, it's just kind of these hard nuts. Like, I don't know, David, like, have you ever seen, like, your dad cry for the- I remember when my mum cried for the first yes. time. And, like, what that does for you. Things like that that you see. And this is just what this whole scene does. So, yeah, this scene is just like, holy fuck, it's deep. Man. Nothing, Dad? Really? Come on! No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> this, you've got to be kidding me! This scene! Like, you've got to be able to talk about this scene! That's just a mark of how good it is. <laughs> wow. Okay then. Because um, haven't I haven't I haven't I said before that some things are just so good that they leave you speechless? True, but I, I kind of think that this scene you got to say something on. But uh, anyway, um, just such a powerful end to such a great episode. Yes. Um, so good, and uh, I mean. Evil Review, 100% buy. No question. Buy for you as well. Uh, It's a double buy. Uh, And I I obviously mentioned um, at the end of last episode that this has got, you know, potential top 10 all over it. Uh, I will say currently right now on my list out of 62 episodes, I've put this actually at number nine. Uh, So it's, it's just in the top 10. Um, off the top of my head, moving forward, there's really going to be a few episodes that might kind of challenge this. Um, but there's, there's still a few, like there's, there's still a couple of episodes I can think of that, you know, potentially can creep into the top 10. So, um, you know, it's not like it's all downhill from here, folks. There is still some good stuff to come on third watch, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So double buy your, what is your streak at now, Darvel? Can I just quickly go over this? Uh, where are we? Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to try and find out here. So you have just you, I'm not including Brandy here. The episodes that you've been on, so since episode 11 last season, A Hero's Rest, you have bought every single episode that you have been on. So if I just quickly work this out, work this out, Mr. Stewart, bear with me, bear with me. You are currently on yourself a streak of 21 episodes in a row of buying. Holy crap balls. Um, And if you add in the middle ground there, the ones that Brandy's been on, so, uh, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29 episodes in a row. Jesus Christ. <laughs> awesome. Now, will that change next week, though? Because we are now um, onto a very interesting one. After, you know, such a, a powerful group of episodes, we've had a really strong middle run here on season three and like even myself i'm on a one two three four five six seven run episode streak of buying it which i honestly didn't think that i would kind of have such a strong run in season three i I just couldn't remember sort of how this played out we move on to the unforgiven now this is kind of an unconventional episode because it's kind of a third watch episode with flashbacks it's kind of like a lost episode in many ways um it's a it's a sully episode uh, very much a Sully episode. We've basically got no one else in this episode but Sully. Um, 
And we get an appearance. I don't know. I think you mentioned to me, maybe, Darvel, from remember that you've never watched Breaking Bad. Am I mistaken in, in thinking that you haven't? Yes, or? I did mention that. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, that's right, because I brought up I brought up the, the actor who plays this... I brought up the character who this actor in the next episode plays. So we get uh, the esteemed Giancarlo Esposito as Father Ramiro, a.k.a. Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, the big, big bad from Breaking Bad. Uh, who I mentioned, I think, the other week, didn't I, with Shevchenko. So I, I completely forgot that he was in Third Watch, and he's unrecognisable compared to who he is as, as Fring in Breaking Bad. So, uh, yeah, I love the fact that we get Giancarlo Esposito in the next episode. But, uh, yeah, The Unforgiven? Hmm. I, I can tell you now that this is going to be a very interesting one when it comes to uh, my overall thoughts on this episode. What, what I mean, brief summary of kind of what you think about next episode? Tell you the truth, I had a hard time getting into it. You're not the only one. <laughs> so, I feel we're in for an interesting one next week with The Unforgiven. So, um, yeah, I, I look forward to talking about it and seeing where we end up with this one, Darvel, because, um, yeah, this, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Um, in the meantime, if you want to comment on what you think of The Unforgiven, what you think, uh, here of Falling or anything else in the meantime, uh, remember on Facebook, like us on there, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you can email us, Network at hotmail.net, oznetwork. uh, no, sorry, oh, hotmail.com, the website, Ben, is the oznetwork.net, I can speak pretty good English sometimes when I try, uh, and yeah, we, we obviously appreciate any feedback and support that you want to give us along the way, but we'll be back next week to talk about The Unforgiven, my name is is Ben, and you haven't lived until you've had some of these strained Oz Network episodes. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and ah, the spot of Carlos. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.